You're listening to Flaunt, Find Your Sparkle and Create a Life You Love After Infidelity or Betrayal. Have you been betrayed by life, your body, or someone that you love? You're not alone. No matter what you've been through, Naked Self-Worth helps you regain confidence, joy, and enthusiasm so you can create a life you love and flourish. Tune in weekly and learn how. Hello and welcome to Flaunt. Find your sparkle and create a life you love after infidelity or betrayal. I'm Laura Cheadle and I am recording this podcast also as a training video. So what does that mean for you? What that means for you is you need to go to my YouTube channel and you need to watch this because I've got slides because I'm breaking down the steps that you need to take in order to recover from betrayal. And yes, if you're listening to this and you're driving or you're walking or whatever, that's perfect too. That is absolutely perfect. But at some point, I encourage you to hop on over to my YouTube channel and to watch the video. Because when you see things, it's a different form of learning. Some of us are auditory learners, some of us are visual learners, some of us are kinesthetic learners. Most of us are a combination of all different kinds of learners, and seeing things just helps you process it a little bit more, a little bit deeper, a little bit differently. And when it comes to something this important as the actual steps that you need to take to heal from betrayal... It's really important to allow that learning to sink in on many different levels. So my YouTube channel is Laura Cheadle, Life Choreographer. That's L-O-R-A-C-H-E-A-D-L-E, Life Choreographer. And yes, if you just look for it under my name as well, Um, You'll probably be able to find it. YouTube's good that way. But if you put in Laura Cheadle, life choreographer, you will get there right away. Now, speaking of choreographer and choreography, that's what we're doing today. Choreography in a dance are the actual steps that you take. Choreography means where do I put my toe? How high do I extend my leg? Where do I reach my arm? Choreography even extends to the gaze. Which way do you look? Do you point your leg out and point your toe and stretch and look over your right shoulder? And then you look kind of up or do you look like kind of down? Choreography is specific. It is a plan of action. It's somebody telling you how to do it. For instance, in kicks, do you kick it 45 degrees high, 90 degrees high, or do you let it fly and kick as high as you can go? If you think about dance teams like the Rockettes or marching bands or anything that does choreography, what makes it good to watch is that everybody is doing the same thing. The Rockettes kick line is famous because they are all kicking. They all have their legs at the same height 
They're all turning out or turning in the same amount. They are all bouncing in unison. Whether it's drill team or marching band or whatever else, that is what makes it good. That's what really provides that wow factor. And that's what we're talking about today. That's why I'm doing this as slides as well, because I want you to have the specific choreography to move yourself ahead. I want you to be okay again. I want you to feel good again. I want you to feel normal again. I want you to have your life back again. I want you to wake up where you don't wake up and then all of a sudden remember and have that crash. I want you to get through a day without crying. I want you to get through the week without obsessive thoughts. I want you to be normal again. And these are the steps. This is the choreography that you need to take to get there. Now, yes, later on down the road, once you learn the choreography, then you can add your own flair to the choreography. And that's important because so often we think, yeah, I'm going to do it my way. I'm going to rebuild my life. I'm going to make everything good. It's going to be all about me, 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 me. But the thing is, you have to start with some constraints. You have to start with some rails. You have to start learning the basic choreography. You have to start from the very beginning. And then you add your own flair along the way. So that's what today is about. This show, in case you're following following along, is part of my January series on creating the 2023 that you want. We started off talking about the difference between an intention and a resolution, and we got clear on what our intention would be for the year. Then we talked about mapping out the journey. We talked about mapping, how do I go from where I am now, broken, confused, shattered, devastated, heartsick, whatever it is, how do I go from where I am now to where I want to be? Where you want to be is your intention. You might just say, I just want to be okay again. I just want to feel normal again. Or you may be in the camp where you're like, oh, I want way more than normal. Mm -mm -mm. I want to rebuild everything my way. I sacrificed for too long and everything imploded on me. And now is my time. And I'm going to do more and I'm going to have more and I'm going to create more. Whatever camp you're in, it's fine. There's no right or wrong. That's your decision. But it's just setting that intention. If you want to be okay again, what does it mean to be okay again? If you want to be filled with joy, what does that mean to be filled with joy? That's creating that map on how to go from where you are now, broken and in pain, confused, halfway healed, to where you want to be. That's mapping the journey. The next show that I did was about the things that you need along the way, the costumes and props. What do you need to prop yourself up 
as you do this journey? How do you support your health, your physical well-being, your mental well-being? How do you support your family along the way while you're going through all of this? What kind of support structures and systems need to be in place for you? Who are your friends? Who are the family members? Who are the professionals, the clergy, the counselors, the coaches, the support groups, the Facebook communities, whatever it is, what do you need to prop yourself up along the way? Because a journey is a journey. And no, it's not necessarily easy, but it's not that bad if you have the proper support along the way. If you've got gas and tires and snacks and all of that stuff, it makes the journey a lot easier and your chances of success go up exponentially if you are prepared for that journey. And I concluded that show by reminding you at the end of that journey, what are you going to wear? At the end of that journey, what are you going to wear? You might be going, what, wait, wait, what? It's kind of a metaphoric question. But if you're going to the beach, you need to have your swimsuit and your sunscreen packed. If you're going to go climb a mountain in the snow, you need hiking boots and snow gear and spikes and hand warmers. Wherever you're going, you have an identity and a persona set of where you're going to be. So if where you're going to be is a professional environment, say, you will want a professional outfit. If you're going on a relaxing vacation, you will need casual wear. Part of setting the intention, mapping the journey, and figuring out what you need to get there is also figuring out who am I going to be when I arrive? Who am I going to be? And if I say I just want to be okay again, Maybe the outfit that you want to wear is something that you wore casually last year before D-Day. Maybe it's not a big change, but it is. How are you going to take care of yourself better now knowing what you know? How are you going to nurture yourself now with the wisdom that you have gleaned by going through this journey? What are you going to wear? One of the things that I realized for me is how I have such a tendency to put myself last. Yes, I take really good care of myself in some ways, but also I am the first person to be like, even though this shirt is stained and the hem is coming out, nobody's going to notice if I wear it under a jacket. So I'm just going to keep it. Or you know what, these shoes are too tight or this jacket is too small or this just doesn't fit right, but I paid good money for it and I don't want to waste that. So I'm going to keep it and I'm going to wear it even though it pinches me, even though it's uncomfortable, even though I don't like it, I'm still going to wear it. And that was something that I kind of had to come to terms with. Like, Laura, value yourself a little bit more than that. You're worth it. You don't have to walk around in shoes that are too tight and pinch your feet just because you spent good money on them. You don't even have to sell them and recoup your money 
you can just bless them and release them. You can put them in the donation bag and you can lovingly send them off to somebody else. You don't have to wear every outfit until it is absolutely in tatters. You don't have to do that. You can use things for your benefit and then let them go. You can honor yourself by not encumbering yourself with all of the mistakes of the past. So my outfit that I am going to wear when I get there in my intention at the end of my journey is something that's just fresh and new and comfortable. It's not something old that's in my closet. It's not that it's designer wear. It's just something that fits me well and that I'm comfortable in. And because I like moving my body, oftentimes that means like athleisure. (laughs) It might mean stretch pants. It might mean yoga pants. But it's going to be something in my favorite color, like a pink or a green or a teal. It's going to be something bold and powerful that makes me feel good. It might have fringe. It might have feathers. I'm going to have shoes that are comfortable. I like some heel, but I like my feet to be comfortable. So my outfit is going to be all of that. And that's what I mean by what are you going to wear when you get there? So then today, today is the last show. This is the culminating episode in truly how to become a living vision board in how to overcome betrayal on how to get there. This is the show that we break it down. It's choreography. It's step by step by step by step. You're prepared. You've got the intention. You've got the map. But this is how you do it. This is how you do it. And yes, you need to know how. Using that car example, you know, the actual driving of the car on a road trip journey. How do you do that? Right now, my kids are on the East Coast, and one is in Virginia, and one is in Delaware. To drive between their two houses, you can go through D.C. You can also go other ways. And what we learned was, don't drive through D.C. Don't drive through D.C. during rush hour. Driving through D.C. during rush hour is hard. This is the choreography. You can take an alternate route. You can leave extra early. You can leave a little bit late. You can stop for lunch or dinner before. You can stop for something afterwards. There's ways to circumvent driving through the middle of Washington, D.C. That's what I mean by choreography. That's what I mean by steps. Have at it if you want to do it your own way. Have at it. But I'm telling you, you're going to end up in rush hour in D.C. and it's not going to be fun. You're going to end up making some mistakes that frustrate you. And you know what? Infidelity is frustrating enough. Why set ourselves up? Am I right? Why set ourselves up? Why not listen to somebody who has driven that same route during the same time you're doing it and can give you some pointers? That's what choreography is all about. And that's what we're going to do during this show. So with that, let me share my screen for those of you who are listening, no big deal. And for those of you who are watching, here we go.
we are going to talk. Can I recover from infidelity and betrayal? Oh my goodness, yes. Not only can you recover, but you can finally have the life and the relationships of your dreams. And I am not joking when I say that. Is this horrible? Yes, it is the absolute worst experience you are going to have. And it can also be the catalyst for you finally getting everything you ever wanted. You just need to be thoughtful about it. You need to follow these steps. You need to do the choreography. Then you can put your own twist on it after you have learned the choreography. All right. Most of you know me because you've listened to this show, but I am Laura Cheadle. I am an attorney and a betrayal recovery expert. And what I do is I help people untangle from the disappointment and pain of the past. And I show them how to move on with clarity and confidence so they can live their best life, which means not staying bitter and angry for decades. Because I know you know those people who are bitter old ladies, who are grumpy old men, who are just hate-filled, nasty people. And you're like, oh, wow. That was actually a wake-up call for me, a catalyst for me, as I thought, I don't want to be that person. I don't want to be the man-hating, grouchy, this world sucks old lady. I wanted my personality. I wanted to be positive and happy and joy-filled. And I didn't want to. No, 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 not didn't want to. I wasn't going to let my cheating husband or any of the other women involved with him destroy my happiness, steal my peace, and take away my future. And because of that, that's why I developed this process. That's why I started doing the work to reclaim myself because I did not want them to take anything away from me beyond what they had already taken. So yes, I am an infidelity survivor. I have been through this. I have done it the hard way. (laughs) And it is my mission in life to help you through this journey too, to make it a little bit easier. Okay, because I'm a lawyer, I like definitions. So let's start with the definition of betrayal. A betrayal is the breaking of an expectation that you have relied on that ruptures your view of yourself or the world. So an expectation. What are some of the expectations that you had in your marriage? What kind of identity did you have about yourself? What did you think about yourself? And what did you think about the world? Did you think the world was a safe and loving place? Did you think you were a really good person? We're going to go into that a little bit deeper. But for now, I just want you to think about the breaking of an expectation that you have relied on that ruptures your view of the world globally or of yourself personally. 
Now, I like to say that betrayal uncovers the truth. Betrayal uncovers the truth, not only about the person who betrayed you, but also about your unhealed wounds and unmet needs. And I want you to think about, think about that. Yes, you learned the truth about the person who betrayed you. They were lying. They were cheating. They had problems. Maybe they had an addiction. They were unhappy. Whatever it is, the truth about them was uncovered. And that's as far as we take it sometimes. That's where we get stuck. He did this. She did this. They're awful. They're the cheating person. Blah, 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 blah. Okay, yes. The truth has been uncovered about your partner, the other women, the other men, whatever. But focusing on other people and what they did is futile. Because you can't control other people. You can't control other people's actions or behaviors or thoughts. You cannot control other people at all. The magic is then when you also see how betrayal uncovered the truth about yourself. How their betrayal uncovered your own unhealed wounds. How it uncovered your own unmet needs. And as painful as that can be, when you've uncovered your wounds, when you've uncovered your needs, you bring them to the light of day and then you can say, oh, I can't control what somebody else did to me, but I've got a wound here and it's bleeding. I've got a need here and it's unmet. I can control me. I can control me. I can put some salve on my wound. I can put a Band-Aid on my wound. I can, I can go get help and get it stitched up. I see that there's a need there. I can start taking steps to meet that need. I can control me. And that's where the magic lies. Betrayal uncovers the truth. About them, yes, but you can't do anything about them about yourself, mm-hmm, and that's what you can control. And that's what we're going to walk through in these next step steps. That's the choreography, choreography piece. That's how we're going to do this. The first step is remembering the definition of betrayal, that betrayal is the breaking of an expectation that you have relied on. Okay, so let's start identifying those broken expectations. And to be clear, betrayal is compound and complex. When somebody betrays you, it's not just that they broke an expectation. It's not just that they broke an expectation of sexual fidelity, although that is one of them. But it's so much deeper than that. You might have expected to be cherished. You might have expected to be told the truth. You might have expected 
to be emotionally connected and intimate. You might have been betrayed financially because your partner was using funds to help fund this affair. So that's the first step. That is the first choreography piece is to identify those broken expectations. Yeah, you broke my expectation of sexual fidelity. Yes, you broke my expectation that we would be clear and honest with each other. Yeah, you broke my expectation around finances. You lied about this, that, and the other thing. You broke my expectation even around being a parent and having integrity. I don't know about you, but for me, it was like, how can you do this and then stand up and be a father and try to raise kids and say that like you're a coach and you're a parent and that you're doing all these good things? Who are you? I expected my husband to be a good, upstanding citizen. And to find out that he wasn't was a whole other expectation that was broken. So I want you to take some time and I want you to think about this, but I want you to start listing out all of those ways that your expectations were broken. Because if you don't know what the expectation was, there is no way you can heal it. And that's why so many people don't heal from infidelity and betrayal, because it's just this big mishmash of stuff in their brain and they haven't untangled it and they haven't identified it and they haven't taken the steps necessary to heal it. This is why it's so valuable to work with me, to work with a coach, to have a safe container where you can be with somebody and they can be like, yeah, what about this? Yeah, let's take this a little bit deeper. What expectations did you have around this? What expectations did you have about growing old together? What expectations did you have about their family, their extended family? And you're all of that. You need to start identifying those. So how do you repair those broken expectations once you have identified them? This might seem too easy in a way, but one of the best ways to repair your broken expectations is to literally, not figuratively, but literally rewrite your story, to rewrite an alternate ending. And here is why. You might know that I'm also a hypnotherapist and I am really big into brain science. The brain does not know the difference between fantasy and reality. And here's proof of that. If you have ever read a book that made you cry or watched a movie and you were totally into it and something happened and you jumped, that's proof of that. Your brain is not knowing this is just a movie. The little axe murderer is truly not out to get me. This is just a book. I am really not being impacted. But the mind doesn't know that. The mind gets involved in the story and it produces a physiological reaction because the mind itself does not know the difference between fantasy and reality. So one of the things that happens that causes obsessive thoughts, that causes healing to not take place, that leaves you bitter and resentful, 
is when you get locked into, here's my expectation and it was broken, the end. World's a horrible place. He cheated on me. She did this to me. Finances, emotions, kids, sexual fidelity, broken. I want you to rewrite your story. You, you started making that list of all of those expectations that were broken. Now, for each one of those expectations, go in, whether you're on a laptop or writing by hand, and I just want you to write an alternate ending or two. It doesn't even have to be the alternate ending that you want. It doesn't have to be an alternate ending that is like your dream ending. It's just writing a different ending. He broke my sexual fidelity. He was not faithful. And I had the expectation that he would not have sex with another person. And he did. And what I mean by rewriting the story around that is you can be like, and that was enough to end our relationship. But moving forward, I found somebody and I was very clear that sexual fidelity was important to me. And it was also important to him. And we created this relationship filled with trust and safety, and we could move forward knowing that would not be an issue again. Bam. That's one rewritten story. Or you could say, and moving forward, I learned that sexual fidelity wasn't truly as important to me as I thought it was. What was more important than sexual fidelity was the understanding of intimacy and emotional needs and connection. And even though my expectation that my partner would be faithful to me sexually was broken, even though that happened, we were able to come together. We were able to go deeper. We were able to understand each other on a more intimate level going forward. And I've learned that for me, what really matters is the trust around my emotions. And what I've learned about him is what really matters is getting his, getting his needs met by talking to me so he doesn't feel shame or embarrassment around his needs. That's a slightly different and a slightly deeper alternate ending. It doesn't matter if you write one or if you write 10 alternate endings. What matters is that you write an alternate ending literally for each expectation that was broken. Because like I said, our brain doesn't know the difference between fantasy and reality. When you write an alternate ending, it opens up loops in your brain. When there are open loops in your brain, your brain will seek a solution. So you have just given it some loops and solutions. Oh, here's the problem. Here's one way it was solved. Here's the problem. Here's another way it was solved. And it expands your vision for what's possible. It makes you realize that sometimes something, like I gave in the example, sometimes something isn't as big of a deal as you thought that it would be. That when you start writing about your ending, all of a sudden you realize it's not really about sex. It's about intimacy and emotion. Or it's not really about finances. It's about the trust and the honesty. Whatever it is, when you rewrite your story, you open up your mind to start seeing what things are really about, and it gives you perspective, and it provides healing. Now, the next thing 
that we're going to do, going back to the definition, is we're taking things a little bit deeper. The definition of betrayal was the rupturing of an or the breaking of an expectation that ruptures your view of the world or the view of yourself. So when an expectation is ruptured, like sexual fidelity, that's an expectation. You expect your partner to be faithful. And then when they're not, how does that rupture your view of the world? And how does that rupture your view of yourself? So what I mean by worldview, you've got that expectation and then ask yourself, how does it rupture my view of the world? And how does it rupture the view of myself? The view of the world as it might be, men are horrible. Men are untrustworthy pigs. Marriage as an institution is horrible. That might be your worldview that gets ruptured. That all of a sudden you go from thinking it's a pretty good world and there's great men out there and marriage is wonderful. It just takes two committed partners to all of a sudden thinking men are pigs and the world is unfair and marriage as an institution is awful. And that's your worldview. And it, it it's gotten ruptured. So I want you to identify that. And the second one is your view of yourself. When you find out your partner is cheating and your expectation of fidelity is ruptured, what does that do to your view of yourself? Well, if you're anything like me, it doesn't make you feel very good about yourself. It makes you feel pretty darn unworthy and useless and ugly and everything else under the sun. It makes you feel awful about yourself. So once you've, just like with the expectations, once you've identified how did this rupture my view of the world and how do, did it rupture the view of myself, then to heal it, here's what I want you to do. For your worldview, your worldview that marriage is a horrible institution, all men are pigs, whatever it is. And, and I want to be clear, oftentimes when I speak, instead of saying him, her, I will just say him or her. But these steps are the same steps, no matter what kind of a relationship you're in. It doesn't matter if you're a man, it doesn't matter if you're a woman, it doesn't matter if you identify as a man, or if you identify as a woman, it doesn't matter if it's a same-sex relationship, it doesn't matter if, it doesn't matter. Infidelity is infidelity and the same steps and the same process apply to everyone. It's just that sometimes for purposes of, of conversation, it's just easier to generalize. So I just want to be clear about that. Okay, so back to your worldview being ruptured. When your worldview is being ruptured, what you need to do is rebuild trust in the world. Because if you can't feel safe in the world, how on earth can you feel safe in your relationship or in your life or in your body? There are three tools that I have, three steps that you need to take to rebuild trust in the world. The first one is practicing gratitude. Practicing gratitude can be as simple as having a sheet of paper by the bed and every morning and or every evening you write down a few things that you're grateful for. 
It can be as simple as every time you prepare a meal or drink water or use the restroom, listing off a few things that you're grateful for. It's just noticing it was a great sunset today. I really enjoyed my coffee. I'm grateful that I got the chance to talk to my mom. I'm so happy my kids are in a good place. It's just noticing small things and being grateful for them. The second step that helps you to rebuild trust in the world and helps you to reset your worldview is by noticing five things a day that are going right. And yeah, this is similar to gratitude, but it's a little bit different because one of the things that happens when we're faced with infidelity, when we've been betrayed, is we start having the worldview that the world is unfair, that bad things happen to good people, that everything is awful. And the more we notice all of these awful things, like, aha, now the celebrity's been cheated on. Aha, now so-and-so is getting a divorce. Aha, now the worse that it gets and the more bad things we notice. So when we integrate a practice of noticing five things a day that are fair, that are right, it helps us to start seeing that, you know what, the world is not a bad place. Sure, bad things can happen, but good things happen too. And yeah, sometimes it can be hard, but just notice five things a day that are fair, that are good, that are right, that are kind. The last step in rebuilding trust and rebuilding your worldview is cultivating a team. Cultivating a team means having people around you that you really can trust. It can be friends and family. Or maybe you've got a family that is just not that trustworthy. And that's okay too. Don't rely on them. You can still have a relationship with them, but don't make them a part of your team. The team that I'm talking about is maybe clergy, maybe a coach or a counselor, maybe somebody at work. Maybe a neighbor that's always there. Just a team of people that can offer you support. If any kind of addiction was involved, whether it's like Al-Anon or, you know, any of the groups like that, they can be a part of your team. Cultivate a team of people that you can rely on. And no, it doesn't have to be like face-to-face people. It can be an online support group. It can be a support page on Facebook that's just always there. Cultivate a team. I think my favorite part of the one-on-one betrayal recovery coaching that I do is how I offer my clients 24-7 access to me. No, they can't call me up on the phone 24-7, but what they can do and what they do do is they use the Voxer app, which is a walkie-talkie app, to send me messages, literally 24-7. And why that is so important and why it is so important to have access to somebody 24-7 is because emotions come up 24-7. Situations happen 24-7. You don't have to wait until your coaching appointment next week or until your counseling appointment next month. You need 
a team in the moment to support you. When you find out that there has been yet another infidelity, when you get a signed divorce decree and have that hit of emotion, when you have whatever it is, when you get asked out on your first next date, when you all of a sudden have to tell somebody in your family what's been going on, that's when you need the support. That's when you need a team is in the moment. And that's why for me, that is the favorite part of my coaching practice. It really gives people the support that they need, the team that they need, so they can rebuild trust in the goodness of the world and start to feel safe again. Now, the next piece of that was when your expectations have been broken, it ruptures your view of the world and of yourself. That's the identity piece. Like I said, when I very first started this, when you find out your partner's been cheating on you, it doesn't make you feel good about yourself. It doesn't make you feel sexy and powerful and beautiful and like an amazing conversationalist and a good wife and a great mom. It does not make you feel good about yourself at all. It makes you feel horrible about yourself and it makes you question your identity because if you're anything like me, I took great pride in being a really great wife. I was the wife who worked really hard on the house and the kids and the meals and the decorating. And I took care of things and I did the shopping and the cooking and the clean. I did all of this stuff. That was my identity. I was a good communicator. I was a deeply spiritual person. I was holding and helping and loving my husband. And that was my identity. And then all of a sudden, that gets ripped out from under me. And I think, who am I? I don't know who I am. If I'm not a good wife, if I'm not a good homemaker, if I'm not a good emotional support person, if I'm not a good communicator, if I'm not a good partner, then who am I? Because if he could do this to me, And he was the person that's closest to me in the world that I love more than anybody. And if he can do this to me, I must not be a good person at all. I must be horrible. And I don't know who I am anymore because all of these pieces of my identity were pulled away. So how do you rebuild your identity? I will walk you through that next. How you rebuild your identity and your self-worth is through the five steps of flaunt. And I'm sure if you've been listening to me, you know what these are, but it it's so important. It's worth repeating. Flaunt is an acronym and it stands for F, find your fetish. L, laugh out loud. A, you accept unconditionally. N, navigate the negative. And T, trust in your truth. And yes, when you move through these five steps every day, that's when you start reclaiming your identity and rebuilding your um, self-worth. So let's start from the beginning. F. F stands for find your fetish. I love fetish. Fetish is such a fun word because it's like, oh, it kind of panics people. What is she talking about? Oh my gosh, we're not supposed to talk about sex. That's scary. It's not. Fetish is what brings you internal satisfaction. It's what makes you smile a little bit. 
What makes you feel a little bit deliciously naughty? Like, ooh, for me, having a glass of wine with lunch is just so fun sometimes. Snuggling in with the book when I really have things to do. Taking a bubble bath and filling the tub all the way to the top. Talking on the phone to friends. What is your fetish? If you're anything like me and so many of the people that I work with, we've taken a backseat in our own life. We take care of everybody at work. We take care of everybody at home. We serve, we work, and we lose touch with who we are and what we want. Because I don't have time for hobbies. I'm working out because it's going to keep me healthy. I'm taking care of things at work. I'm doing... No, no, no. Finding your fetish is about getting back in touch with yourself, trying things and seeing what's fun and doing what brings you joy every day. Now, it's not to say that, okay, that, that I like getting massages. So now I have to get a massage every single day. And now I have to read a book every single day. It's not another thing on your to-do list. It's a, what am I going to do right now? That's going to make me feel good. Where is my moment of fun in every single day? Because if we, if we don't grant ourselves a moment of fun in every single day, truly our life is not worth living. So finding your fetish is just about making those inquiries of yourself and giving yourself permission to do something that brings you joy every day, no matter how big or how small. Yeah, it could be a massage one day. And it could be savoring a piece of chocolate another day. The next step in flaunt is L for laugh out loud. You've probably heard about being in a state of fight, flight, or freeze. And you may have even learned about the most recent addition to that series, which is fawn. Now, fight, flight, freeze, or fawn is the body's natural physiological reaction that takes place when you are under stress or when you think you are being threatened. And what it means is when you feel like you're being threatened, whether it's real or perceived, your body will either gear up to fight, to run away. You will freeze like a deer in the headlights and just not move. Or you will fawn. And fawning is abandoning your own needs in an effort to avoid conflict and disapproval. That's my big one. <laughs> More than anything, I will abandon myself in order to seek approval and to make sure everybody's happy. And I know that's true for a lot of women as well. So why I'm going here, why L, laugh out loud, and fight, flight, freeze, or fawn, why those are related is, do you know the number one way to get yourself out of fight flight, freeze, or fawn, and to regulate your nervous system? It's laugh. The number one way to re-regulate your nervous system is to laugh. So when you're in that constricted state, when your forehead is tight and you're overwhelmed and you have so much to do, and the instinct sometimes is to buckle down, it's to work harder, to get frantic, it's to numb out with Netflix and wine, or it's to go make nice. When you recognize any of these in yourself or you just feel so stuck, 
Consciously engaging in laughter will help break you out of that state. It will move you out of a state of survival and into the prefrontal cortex when you can, where you can actually make logical and rational decisions that will move you forward and keep you safe. The next step of flaunt is AU. And that's the golden center of flaunt. Because as simple as it is, it's also a really hard thing to do. It stands for accept unconditionally. Guess what most people say when they start working with me, when I ask them what you want. When I ask them what they want, they will say, I want this to all go away. I want this to have not have happened. And I'm like, well, amen to that. That was exactly what I wanted to. I wanted to wake up and for it to all be a really bad dream. But until you accept unconditionally that it did happen, that suddenly you have to rewrite the script, that you've got to pivot, you've got to make changes. Until you accept unconditionally, you're not going to go forward. Until you accept unconditionally, you are not going to go forward and you're not going to heal. You're just going to be living in a state of illusion. And nothing is going to change. And like I said, flaunt is an acronym. And it's something that I want you to do every day. I want you to find your fetish every day. Do something to treat yourself. I want you to remember to laugh every day because life is hard. Keep yourself out of fight, flight, or freeze and relax. And I want you to accept unconditionally little pieces along the way. Whether it's more information that you found out. Whether it's something disappointing. Whether it's something joy-filled. Continue to work on accepting unconditionally so you can move ahead and heal. Which brings me to the next step in flaunt, N, for navigate the negative. I know you've heard things like this before, but betrayal recovery is a process, not a destination. You don't just wake up on some random Tuesday morning and say, yep, I I arrived. I am now healed. It happens in layers and stages. Some parts of the journey are easy. Some parts are complex. Some parts, you follow the map, you follow the steps, and you're like, yep, 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 yep. Other times, you're just hitting a roadblock. You're hitting a delay, and it gets frustrating. And N is there to remind you to navigate. If you're navigating a ship across the ocean, it is not a linear journey. The waves will knock you off. The weather will knock you off. Sometimes you need to backtrack. Sometimes you need to drop anchor and wait out a storm. But it doesn't mean that you're not doing anything. That's all part of navigating. So remembering to end navigate the negative means remember that this is all part of the journey and that whether you're plodding along or staying still or even moving backwards, you are still navigating and to continue to navigate. And then the very, very last piece, the very last letter of flaunt is T. And that stands for trust in your truth. You have been through something that is really significant. Don't ever let anybody tell you it's not. Betrayal is one of the most significant and impactful things that we can go through. And yes, 
I've talked about building a team. Yes, I've talked about following these steps. Yes, I've talked about all of these different things that you can go and you can do. But trusting in your truth is the reminder to be. It's the reminder to go within and to listen to your heart. To listen to what you want and what feels really right for you. Again, I know one of the things that I hear time and time again is women will say, like, I told my husband that if he ever cheated, I was out of here. And now I'm here and I'm not sure if I want to be out of here. And I'm really struggling with that because what are people going to think? What are people going to think if I stay? What are people going to think if I leave? What are people going to think? And I say, yeah, I hear you. I hear you. I stayed in huge part because it felt right to stay. If you would have asked me before I found out about my husband's infidelity, if I would ever put up with that, if I would ever stay with that, if I would ever be interested in repair, the answer would have been a hard no. Oh, no way. Yet when I got here, I felt different about it. And I'm also holding space and keeping room for the fact that at some point down the line, I could feel differently again. And that's okay. What matters is that I am in touch with my truth. I am in touch with how I feel and what I want. And that's what the tea and flaunt is all about. And part of that also These five steps of flaunt, to recap, it's about reclaiming your identity. And part of this trust in your truth piece is also a part of our identity that gets eaten away as we have adopted these different roles throughout our lifetime, as we've become wives. Even though we can be feminist modern women, there's still a piece in so many of us that's like, and once I become a wife, I will listen to my husband. And yes, I hear you. You'll be like, no way. But come on, people, it's the culture that most of us were raised in. We've watched Leave it to Beaver. We've watched all of these 1950s sitcoms. We've watched movies. We've read books. That's somewhere in our psyche. Even though if you ask me, are you subordinate to your husband? Oh, holy heck, no. It's still somewhere inside, ingrained in so many of us. And to trust in yourself again is really important. So going back to the beginning, the betrayal uncovers the truth. What unhealed wounds and unmet needs might you need to address so you can recover from infidelity? What's come up for you? What are your unhealed wounds? What are your unmet needs? Because if you want to recover From infidelity and betrayal, those are the things that you can control, not the other person. And to recap, how you do that is first identify where your expectations were broken. And then you rewrite alternate endings for those broken expectations. The second thing you do is you uncover where your view of the world was ruptured. And you rebuild trust through gratitude, through noticing five things that are going right or that are fair. And by cultivating a team 
of professionals, as well as lay people to support you through this process. And then lastly, how you uncover where your view of yourself and your identity was ruptured and how you rebuild your self-worth and your identity is by using the five steps of flaunt every day. Every day doing something that brings you joy, remembering to a, a laugh, accepting unconditionally where you're at and what's going on, navigating, whether that navigating is active forward motion, dropping anchor, or even going back. And lastly, by trusting in your truth and listening within and doing what feels right to you. So yes, you absolutely can recover from infidelity and betrayal, not only for yourself, but for those who matter most in your life as well. Do it for them, yes, but do it for yourself. You can do it. If you want to take this a little bit deeper, download your Betrayal Recovery Guide at betrayalrecoveryguide.com. Betrayalrecoveryguide.com. You can download that guide and walk yourself through more of these practices. And again, if you're listening to this on my podcast, go to YouTube, Laura Cheetah Life Choreographer, check out the slides. You can take some screenshots, you can get it all printed out, and you can use this process for yourself. But also, if you want to work with me, you can go further faster. You can heal more quickly and more thoroughly because I will be there holding you, keeping you accountable, and guiding you every step of the way. Enjoy this journey. I know that sounds funny, but it is a journey. You will get there. Just follow the steps. And once you get there, you will be happier than you ever thought possible. Have an amazing week. And as usual, always remember to flaunt exactly who you are, because who you are is always more than enough. Tune in next time to Flaunt. Find your sparkle and create a life you love after infidelity or betrayal with radio host and live choreographer Laura Cheadle every Wednesday at 7 a.m. and 7 p.m. Eastern Time on syndicated Dream Vision 7 Radio Network. Develop naked self-worth and reclaim your confidence, enthusiasm, and joy so you can create a life you love and embrace who you are today. Download your free Sparkle Through Betrayal Recovery Guide at NakedSelfWorth.com.